Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Hardcore Orange. This is Adam Malnati sitting with uh, Ian St. Clair. How we doing, Ian? Great. Saturday in Seattle, or Colorado. Right. No, you're sitting in the rain in Colorado, but I'm sure it feels like Seattle, which is punishment enough. Yes. <laughs> uh, big week this week. We're going we're gonna to talk about Deflate Gate, because everybody gets to talk about Deflate Gate, and we get to say Deflate Gate, which is annoying Keep in and of NFL itself. in the news, Yes. nothing is going on. We could do that. So let's get into it, because last week we talked about what we thought the punishment should be. Just to recap, Ian believed one year for Tom Brady, $150 billion for the Patriots, and 6,000 draft picks. You can go back and check that if you want. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, I was a little lower on Tom Brady and a little lower on everything else. Uh, the NFL comes out and says four games for Tom, million dollars for the Patriots, a first-round draft pick next year, a fourth-round draft pick in 2017, which I almost feel like is pointless, but whatever. What do we think? Go ahead. Tell us what we think. I think the punishment for Brady is adequate. I would have liked it to have at least been eight because you're dealing with the integrity of the game, and that's the one thing that Roger Goodell has said that matters most to him is the integrity of the game issue, and there's nothing that will impact the integrity of the Shield more than cheating, and especially in one of the biggest games of the year in the AFC Championship game. I think the fine is just... Really? And the fourth <laughs> round draft pick? Really? I, I mean, come on. Um, a million dollars is a lot of money to but, you and me. Kraft, yeah, to you and me. That's like five bucks for Robert Kraft. Um, I, I think the interesting thing about all of this has been the reaction to the punishment. And the one thing that stood out to me is uh, obviously Roger Goodell is going to hear the appeal. And of course... Brady and his attorney, who is going to hear the appeal, are like, they're up in arms, like, oh my God, Roger Goodell can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Really? If you didn't want that, you shouldn't have signed the bargaining agreement that you did and the NFLPA did agree to. The NFLPA so, yeah, said, said yes, we'll different. sign up for it. You're right about that. They they wanted it, they got it, and this is what they've signed up for. You gotta, you know, gotta, gotta sleep in the bed you've made, so to speak. I agree with that. Uh, you know, the interesting thing to me is that the argument that I've heard kicked around recently is performance enhancement. And players who use steroids for the first time, first offense for steroids is a four-game suspension. This is, this is enhancement. It's performance enhancement. He's changing the way the ball feels in his hand, which changes the way it feels when he throws it, which changes the way that a receiver catches it, which changes the way a running back can carry it. It impacts every aspect of the offense, and that, I think that's being ignored. You call it performance enhancement. You hit him with the four-game suspension, but LeGarrette Blunt got to carry that football. The receivers, LaFell and, and Gronkowski, got to catch that football. It is easier. If you've ever gone outside, go outside today. If you're in Colorado, go outside and play in the rain with a football. 
Put as much air as possible into it, throw it around. You'll never catch it. Take a little bit of air out. It'll be a lot easier for you to play with. That is the point. That is performance enhancement. That is a four-game suspension. And when you look at the success that New England has had in terms of lack of fumbles and holding on to the football, that is a direct correlation to that, especially when the weather starts to turn in New England. When they play at home, they do not fumble the football. But Brady doesn't fumble it. The receivers don't drop it. The running backs don't fumble it. it it's... It doesn't take Bill Nye the science guy to put the two together and realize that there is a connection. So I completely agree with you in that regard that when you start to to impact the game like that, it's exactly like steroids because you're trying to give yourself and your team an advantage. Look at the, the AFC Championship game that they played against Indianapolis, our Peyton Manning, several years ago. Peyton threw... More interceptions than you could imagine. The ball was flying on him. He he couldn't control it as well. Tom Brady didn't have those same problems. And you want to talk about, well, Tom Brady plays better in, in cold weather. Tom Brady has a, a better feel for playing outdoors because he didn't play in a dome. Maybe Tom Brady can throw a football better in cold weather because his ball boys know he likes the ball to be at about 11.5 PSI. A little squishier. He likes softer balls, which means he can play with softer balls and doesn't throw as many interceptions with his softer balls. What allows us to do that is the fact that this organization is an organization that's it, it cheats. It, it is a cheating organization. And despite how all Broncos fans feel about Al Davis, Al Davis was never a cheater. He was just a thorn in the side of Pete Rozelle and later Paul Tagliabue. He was just a thorn in the side. He just did his own thing. He didn't care. Robert Kraft is a cheater. His organization is full of cheaters. That, it's, to it's me, led that's, by a cheater. that's worse than anything Al Davis and the Raiders ever did. The Raiders just wanted to intimidate you. They wanted to take your head off. The New England Patriots want to cheat. They don't want to beat you fair and square. They want to find every advantage in the book. To beat you, not in an even match, but to cheat. The, the the Patriots have had the luxury, I think, of some you know several calls going their way. Uh, you know the Tuck rule is is a is a, a perfect example of that, which happened against the Raiders. You can you can reference many many things in in the last you know fifteen years that. The, the the New England Patriots have been a part of that have impacted the league. I think that's even bigger in this. You're talking about a a, a charter or not charter member, but a, a key member of the NFL, a franchise that is looked at as one of the one of the major influences on the NFL today and over the last 15, 20 years. And they're dealing with cheating. They're dealing with a an, you know an institutional mind frame that allows them to think it's okay to take practices of your opponents it's okay to deflate the football so it's easier to grip in cold weather it's it's okay to do who knows what else it's okay to draft murderers i'm sorry that's probably not fair but still they 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 did it they did do it and it it starts from the top it works its way down bill belichick's a cheater you're right tom brady 
sees that and plays right off of that. Well, if my coach is willing to go this far, I'm going to I'm going to push the envelope as well. I'm going to go that far just like he's willing to go that far cuz we want to win. I can respect that. You want to win. Everybody wants to win. But when you sacrifice your own integrity, let alone the integrity of the NFL, which is supposed to be very important to you, you're now sacrificing your legacy. I think this should follow Tom Brady everywhere he goes. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game. Fine. You want to make that argument? Make it. He's got a lot of rings on his fingers. Great. But he also cheated. And he never won a Super Bowl on his own. He's got a kicker who kicks balls really well, and that's why they're winning games. He's got a defense that wins games. I would argue that Tom Brady was never actually the reason that the Patriots won a Super Bowl. What else did they cheat about? What else don't we know about? It's come out very recently that there are t- there are times over the last 15 years that random times the, the, the inner team communication between the coach and the players' helmets will just randomly drop off. There is a report in Sports Illustrated in 2006 by Paul Zimmerman that said when they played the Detroit Lions, there were times when the Lions were driving and they were starting to make headway and build up some momentum and start moving the ball down the field. And the communication just randomly stopped. And it was the only two times in the entire game that it happened. Jack Del Rio, after the Jacksonville Jaguars playoff loss in 2005, said the exact same thing. Marvin Lewis said the exact same thing happened to him and the Bengals. It makes you wonder, what else has this organization of cheaters done over the last 15 years that we don't know about? How many times have they skirted the lines? How many times have they gone above and beyond what is acceptable behavior for an NFL franchise? We'll never know. That's the that's the problem. We will never actually know the answer to that. And if you're the Patriots, you've put yourself in a position now where you're going to hear those questions. Those questions are going to be asked about you and your franchise. If I'm Robert Kraft, I'm fighting this tooth and nail just because I know that the legacy of my franchise, the legacy of my ownership is turning into one of... Yes, Super Bowl championships on one hand, and on the other hand, several instances of known or accused cheating. And to me, that can ruin a franchise. That can impact a franchise in a way that that it cannot recover. And, and these things are cyclical, and you can look back through history and say, well, this franchise did it this way, and you know the Raiders probably had steroids running rampant through their, their locker room. They, they look to hurt and injure people on the field, but that was on field. That was not an institutional uh, uh, way of doing things. And, and the Patriots, you're absolutely right when you talk about it, the Patriots have an institutional issue. It's not a coach issue. It's not a team issue. It's an institutional issue. Institutionally speaking, there are cheaters, and, and that is what they have become known as to everyone outside of the New England bubble. That's just the way it is. You can't you can't argue against that. And and so it's I almost I almost feel like it's too bad because it taints the last the, the last 15 years of the NFL. It does. And as a as a former journalist and someone who's who's passionate about investigative journalism, it makes me question the shills that are in New England who write for the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald and that shill who writes for NESN Tom Coyne 
do your job. There are there. It's laying right there in front of you. You can un unleash the institutional cheating that this organization has done if you get off of your ass and do your job. Question the people who have been in this organization. Ask the tough questions. Put the pieces together. You can find out what exactly has gone on under this institution the last 15 to 20 years. You can uncover it. But it's just a matter of not being a PR shill and being a fanboy and doing your job. It's a completely different debate right now with journalism, but it's there. Or you could continue to, to enjoy success at the franchise level. It's more fun to write for a team that's winning than to write for a team that's losing. And so why and question want, it? And you don't want to lose your access. Exactly. I, get it. I mean, it, it, it starts up at the top with Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter and Jay Glazer. They're shills. They are NFL shills. Peter King, he's a shill. They're not reporters. They get hand-fed what they want, what the NFL wants them to to get out it's that simple that takes and us it's great that they have that access i wouldn't want it because they're basically just the pr wing of the nfl and, but it's there people this is they need people need to know about this and if it's happened two times that we know about that that's not the end of it it is not the end of it and the journalist in me wants wants to get up there and do it myself I want to ask those tough questions. I want to know what's been going on. Sure. What have? What else have they been doing? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That actually takes us to an interesting aspect of this story, which really comes from the NFL's desire to be a 12-month entity. The football season starts in September. Training camp begins in July. You get preseason August, and then the football season starts in September. The Super Bowl is it's in February now. I mean, when I was a kid, the Super Bowl was in, in at the end of January, and then February was the doldrums. You didn't have anything in February for sports. But instead— Well, yeah, the, the Pro Bowl was in February because it was two weeks after the Super Bowl. Right. No one watched the Pro Bowl. But, but what's happened now is— the NFL season ends in February with the Super Bowl, the big culmination of of everything that has happened throughout the year. And then you get a few weeks, and now you're talking about combine and the draft and all the, all the, the news stories that build up to the draft. And then you get the draft, which we obviously talk about because we are football fans. And the draft happens. And instead of the draft happening over a weekend, and you just do – your draft, you know, first, second, third round on Saturday and fourth, fifth, and quite honestly, you need one day to do a seven-round draft, but we can we can move on from there if you want. You get your primetime Thursday, you primetime Friday, you get all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and, and you and I and everybody else who listens to this buys in and listens, and now you get to grade that draft. And that takes several weeks. And you, you're doing the grading, and you're talking about free agent signings, and you're talking about who's angry with this guy, and this is a holdout, and he's not going to OTAs. Don't forget about OTAs, because we're going to talk about those on SportsCenter tonight, because you know what happens at OTAs? Guys go out and practice football, and that's important. And you get all of that. It's, 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 a, it's constant. And the, yeah, NFL, the NFL has done a great job, a great job of turning into – a year-round news story. Yeah, it really has. And 
it, it, it's nonsense. I mean, <laughs> it, like people who grade drafts the day after the draft, all people need to know about this is there were people who said that, that there were people, who, uh, uh, fans of the Houston Texans, who were incensed when they drafted J.J. Watt. That is all you have to know about how ridiculous it is to grade a draft. Uh, end of story, right? What else do you need to say? Everyone in Houston, or not everyone, but many people in Houston said, this is a terrible draft pick. If you told them to go back in time and say that, they would, they'd go back in time and punch themselves in the face for having said something so ridiculous. That is a, a perfect example of why you can't, you can't grade a draft. It can't be a year-round story, but we, we as, as sports fans, we as NFL fans, fans of the game, we as Bronco fans, we want that information. We crave that information. That's why you and I are talking right now. That's why people are logging on to all of the different websites and, and watching – NFL Insider on ESPN at 3 o'clock in the afternoon uh, during the month of May because they still want that news. That's why the NFL comes out with their top 100 list, which is as confusing as you will ever find when it comes to a top 100 list. Yes, because no one can get a definitive answer. Is it the best players from 2014, or is it looking ahead to the best players of 2015? You will never, ever, 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 ever get a definitive answer as to which it is. I think that was five evers, by the way, which is pretty... Hopefully, hopefully it was, that was, that was impactful. You came strong with that. You came strong with that. I don't watch the, the top 100. I know there's a lot of people that do... I know that some websites will, they'll, you know, you'll you'll get an article here and there about oh so and so was on the top 100. Are you watching the top run 100? You get the polls and the online stuff, which is great. I don't watch it. I don't want. I don't watch it because I don't care. I guess maybe that's that's part part of my problem. I really look at it. And I say, okay, where are all my Broncos at? Okay, yeah, I can see that. Why isn't he? You know, I'll I'll examine it that way. But to me, I I'm, I almost. It's the one thing the NFL does that I don't buy into because maybe I'm just I know that it's just a story for them to create so that they can have my attention during the month of May and June and I, I don't I don't need it I don't need it I, I I need my team news I want to know what's going on with my Broncos I don't, I don't care about the rest of the NFL right now other than than some of the, you know obviously the Deflate Gate we've talked about but the NFL is do is doing exactly what every good company wants to do and that is they are creating a situation where they are in the minds of their customers as much as possible roger goodell has done a good job of that the nfl has done a good job of that Uh, you're right they have they have fed news to the right people to make sure it gets out peter king you know chris mortensen adam schefter who is a a denver guy i know he went to michigan that's not his fault Uh, but you know he he cut his teeth riding for the Denver Broncos, so I'm a little partial to him because those were my formative years as a Bronco fan, and that's they get those stories directly from the NFL. Sources tell me sources tell me is the NFL public public relations department. That's that's what sources are for those guys. And congratulations that you've reached the pinnacle of your profession, where now your source is the PR department of the the league you're covering. But at the same time, you're not doing any work. I think you you hit hit the nail on the head with that. 
I'm not a journalist, so I don't get as fired up about it as you do, but you're absolutely right. You can tell. Sources tell me is probably a guy who was given a story from the PR department and was told, make sure that Shefty gets this and uh, give it to Mike Mayock because he's going to talk about it on the network tonight. And that's all it is. And we eat it up. We eat it up like morons. We do. And that's why people watch the, the, the top 100. Because it's fake drama. It's fake controversy. Ooh, Marcus Ware was ranked number 87 this week. And he was in the top 40 or 30 or whatever it was last year. It's like, come on. And and, and allegedly the players vote on it. But anytime you you see the the players on Twitter, they're like, I didn't vote on it. (laughs) Who voted? Like, which players vote? If you, if you're, shouldn't the, I think the play they need to be more they need to be more open with it. Be more transparent. Transparent. Yes, there's a the good players. word. Let it, let us know the players who voted on it. Let us see their ballots. If not, it's just fake. And I don't believe that the players voted on it. I think guys like LeVar Arrington and uh, uh, the guy from the 49ers. I don't even remember his name. Who cares? But, I know who you're talking about. I don't care who he is. Uh, to me, I, like in Heath Evans. Yeah. I bet he was. I bet he votes on it too. Heath Evans and Willie McGinnis and John Ritchie. Their top twenty is nothing but Patriots. I bet Tom Brady is one through twenty. He could be, except for he's suspended for the first four games. So how does that work? Is he allowed to be on the top one hundred, even if he's suspended for the first four games? Well, Heath Evans and Willie McGinnis probably don't think he's suspended. They may. Do they know about it? I don't think so, because Willie McGinnis says that he would never. And he never saw him do anything that would skirt the issues. So, you know, but who votes on it? I don't know. Like he sent out a tweet last year. I never voted on this. I don't think it really matters. I think it's reality TV at its finest. And it's that scripted reality TV that, that is so Kim Kardashian that has, has sort of pervaded. Is that a word? Uh, every Perverted. Well, but I was thinking more of the pervasive side. Anyway, that's a grammar lesson, I guess. The, they've they've in, invaded the minds. You know, the, this Kim Kardashian, the, the Keeping Up with the Kardashians reality TV show. Bruce Jenner's going to go be a woman so he can have his own TV show. Storyline stuff. That is what the NFL is, is moving towards because the game doesn't matter. Especially now because there is no game. But the yeah. game doesn't matter. It's the story. It's the narrative. It's the it's the pageantry. It's the the ooh Tom Brady did what? He's terrible. Ooh, you know I got a friend who is is a he's he's not a huge sports fan. He likes the Broncos, but he doesn't follow it. Every day for the last three weeks, he has posted something on Facebook and Twitter to the effect of Tom Brady's probably sitting at his house like. Giselle, I'm so sad. They took away four games from me. Please come into the bedroom and make me feel better. When you come in, please have no clothes on. So, yeah, Tom Brady's fine. Every day he's posted that, and it cracks me up. He's following the narrative just like everybody else, but but that's what it is now. That's what the NFL has become. It's keeping up with the Crafts. I mean, Kardashians. No, I meant Crafts because, you know, Bob Kraft and his – What's interesting is when you look at it, just two different mindsets about uh, the way an owner thinks, 
Pat Bola never really wanted to do interviews. He never wanted to be out in front. I mean, it, and it's 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 a shame because he wore those pimp fur coats. But it, it's just he never wanted to be the he never wanted to be the face of the organization. And then you see a guy like Robert Kraft who has this billion dollar suit and tennis shoes, and it's that's a bad look. It, it just it, it's an interesting mindset to see how different like like Jerry Jones. It, just to see how the, the different approach of an owner, and uh, it, it, and you're right, the, the NFL is turning into a 24-hour. Uh, it's basically like E at this point because e they news. follow people around. They're, they're, they're it's no TMZ. It's they get their news from TMZ Sports a lot of times. That yeah. to me is that if you're getting your news from TMZ Sports, then you've gone beyond the the just the sports aspect. And you've become the tabloid purveyor. You're pushing tabloid news on me as a sports fan. I don't want to watch tabloid news. If I wanted to watch tabloid news, I wouldn't be a fan of sports. That's the that's my issue with it. And you're right. When you talk about a, uh, an owner like Pat Bolin, and we're going to talk about Pat Bolin because we, we both have a lot of respect for him, the most famous words Pat Bolin has ever said are four words total. This one's for John. That's it. You can't think. And then, of course, the next year when they won their second one, back to back, gotta love it. This one's for you. Those you cannot find any other quotes from Pat Bowen because he didn't want to be the news. He didn't want the team to be about him. It was about his players. It was about his coaches. It was about results on the field. That's why the Broncos were so successful with Pat Bowen as their owner. He came in when he took ownership and said, we are going to win, period. And that's all he wanted, and they did. They won. It took them a while to get the Super Bowl, but they went to Super Bowl championships with John Elway carrying the team. They they ended up winning back-to-back championships with John Elway not having to carry the team, but with with good coaches and it was Pat Bowen who said I'm going to spend the money and make this team great and and that's it that's all I'm going to do I'm not going to talk to the media I'm not going to be out in front that's not my job and you're right he did have some pimp fur coats absolutely and he should have he should still be wearing them actually John Elway should pay tribute this winter and wear some of those pimp fur coats when he goes down to the sideline but with the glasses with the sunglasses yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. It was disappointing to me when I when Ron Wolf and Bill Polian were the first contributors elected to the Hall of Fame because neither one of them, neither one of them combined, had the impact and influence Pat Bowen has had on the NFL. Without Pat Bowen, the NFL isn't where it is today. He was a huge part in uh, negotiating that 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 first huge TV contract that was for like eighteen billion dollars. In '98, without Pat Bowen, the NFL isn't where it is, and I, I would hope, I would hope, and Broncos fans can't do that when it comes to the Hall of Fame, because if you held your breath, we'd all be dead. Because the the, the voters to the Hall of Fame just do not pay tribute to the Broncos, and Pat Bowen needs to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I, I get it that they usually hold that distinction for original owners, and it's, it's guys for like Ralph Wilson, Al Davis, uh, Robert Mara, or John Mara with the Giants, 
the Roonies with the Steelers. I get that. I really do. But without Pat Bowen the last 30 years, the NFL is not where it is. And it's not just because of his successful ownership of the Broncos and having only five losing seasons over that time, being to more Super Bowls than having losing seasons, being on more primetime games than any team in the NFL the last 30 years. It's because of the influence he had on getting the NFL to where it is. Well said. Pat Bowen is a – and obviously we're talking a lot about Pat Bowen because the news came out that he's going to be honored by the Broncos – uh, this season, they're going to put him in the, the ring of fame. Uh, he's going to go right where he belongs. You could almost argue it's too late. He should have been up there already, but he was the owner of, at the time and probably would not have enjoyed that. It's sad to see see what has happened with, with Pat Bowen and having to step aside because of health issues. Um, but as longtime Bronco fans and as, as fans of the Denver Broncos for the entire time that he was the owner, which is almost our entire lives, we don't know anything different other than an owner who wants to win and puts that above everything else, but does it in a way that is is has a lot of integrity, is not overbearing, he's not the news story, he's just a great owner. And I bet a lot of money, if I had to, that most people, even Denver Bronco fans, don't know the impact that Pat Bowen has had on the NFL because he does things in a way that is not self-promotion. The 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 coats aside, because you know he would go down with those big coats on so you could see him. Besides all that, he did not want people to to believe he was the reason for anything. He he wanted his players to get the recognition and his coaches to get the recognition. He was uncomfortable with that. And I think it was the same when it came to the types of negotiations that led to huge TV contracts for the NFL. He didn't want to have the recognition. He wanted it to happen. He wanted it to be great for the league, and he wanted the league to prosper. And that was where it stopped. And to me, that is that is a man with a lot of integrity. That is a, a, a man with, with a huge amount of influence and, and someone who... It, it has to be said, it is sad to see someone like that not be able to continue his role as owner of the Broncos because of what's going on with his health. And it, it, it makes the league less, it, it lessens the league when, when a guy like that has to go away because of those things. And in my opinion, and you brought up the Hall of Fame, and I think you're right uh, to, to mention it, the NFL would be remiss to not honor him in some way because of the impact he's had. Aside from all the Denver Broncos stuff, the impact he's had for the NFL has to have some influence on that. And he may not be an original owner, and and that's fine, but I guarantee you that Jerry Jones, who was not an original owner, will probably find himself in the Hall of Fame someday because he's Jerry Jones, and he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. The, there's There's got to be something there for Pat Bowlen the NFL would be missing a huge opportunity to to really give a, a good that's the word I'm looking for here to pay to pay tribute to somebody who has been that type of character for them for the entire length of his ownership. That's a, that's to me it's important that they do that. I don't know that they will. You're right. Don't hold your breath. For some reason, Denver is well overlooked by the NFL, 
and <laughs> that that one I, I could start to get angry and start throwing stats and getting getting upset I'll try not to but the NFL needs to do something about that Pat Bowen was a was a great owner and is a great man and that's that's where where we go with that yeah and I, I think what would help is to have those those boisterous owners like Jerry Jones have, have him come out have these boisterous owners let the voters for the Hall of Fame know how important Pat Bullen was because it's clear that those 48 members who vote for the NFL Hall of Fame have no clue what they're doing and literally no clue none of them and I, I, I like most of the guys who vote I like John McClain with the Houston Chronicle I like um, Jeff Legwald with ESPN I, 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 I think a lot of them Sal Palantonio is funny to watch on ESPN I but it's clear that none of them have any clue what they're doing. It's clear about that. But that, that's a completely different issue. I, I, I do agree that the NFL needs to to get out in front of this and let everyone know, since Pat Bowen would never do it and he wouldn't want it, I found it funny that when Joe Ellis told him, and for those who don't know, Joe Ellis is the president of the Denver Broncos and holding the spot as owner until they – uh, the Pat Bowen Memorial Fund gets one in place to take over uh, as owner, preferably one of Bowen's kids. But uh, Pat Bowen's response when Joe Ellis told him that he was going into the Ring of Fame is, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> it's a good. It's a. It's a good story. <clears throat> it's exactly. It is. Ex- it, it, and we've been saying it since we started talking about him. It is exactly the type of human being he is. He doesn't want the credit. Why would you? Why would? Why would I deserve it? And I don't think that he thinks he doesn't deserve it so much as he just doesn't want it because he doesn't need it. He's got, he's he's got his own. He knows who he is, for the most part, um, which is is a hard thing to say about a, a man who's dealing with with Alzheimer's and dementia and uh, and whatnot. But when he does know who he is, he knows who he is, and he's strong in his convictions. Uh, the Broncos have to figure out a way to sort of cherish the time that Pat Mullen has left and allow him to be uh, a member of, of, of Bronco country uh, for, the, for the rest of the time that he can and, and embrace him as much as possible. And this is a way to do it, and it's a, it's a good way to do it, whether he wants it or not. You know, sometimes you have to force this type of, these types of accolades on people, and this yeah. is a good person to do that with. And I, I hope he can he can recognize, and I hope Bronco fans make him feel the feel welcome and the warmth of of, of how we really feel about him as an owner. That that to me is important. Well, not just an owner as a man. He he's done a lot over over the over thirty years that he's owned the Broncos for this community, and he's wanted the players who play for his organization to carry that same kind of mindset. That think about all that they do for us. Let's give back to them and. Over the course of his 30 years, he's donated over $25 million to, to, to the Denver community. And that, that speaks to who he is and, and why he's such an important fixture in this community and why the Broncos have been such a fixture in this community. It's, it's not just about the football. It's, I mean, it, it, there's a saying that Broncos country isn't just a phrase or place. It's a way of life. And that has always started with Pat Boland. Because, as you've said it multiple times already, is that he never wanted to be the face, but he wanted the results to speak for him. And it's time 
for the Broncos to speak for him. It's time for the NFL to speak for him. It's time for all of these people to let to let the to, to let the people who don't know how important Pat Bowen was to the NFL. And no. that's well it, said. Be, uh, the one game that I would like to go to this year is to go to that Green Bay game when they honor Pat Bowen because it'll be it'll be a special it'll be a special night and it'll be a special game to have him back in the building and to have him on the field to be honored to have I hope hopefully the fans give him the loudest ovation of anyone who has been inducted into the Ring of Fame since he started it in '84 and. Hopefully it's it's the loudest, and it, they really do bring the Rocky Mountain Thunder for him. They will. He is going. To, he's going to deserve every decibel of noise that comes from that stadium that Sunday night against the Packers. Absolutely, the ring will definitely come full circle when they finally put Pat Bowen in. I say finally, just because they could they could have done it ten years ago and it would have been just fine. And I, I just got a, a just a, a quick update. I, I was. I was sitting here looking at my phone, and then it died on me. But there's, um, it's not news, but it's a question about Demarius Thomas, and I wanted to ask you about it. Um, it looks like the Broncos may be getting close to a deal with him. That's some of the things that are coming out is that he's he is in negotiations, obviously, with with John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Is it important that they get Demarius Thomas? under contract before training camp even begins is that is that an essential uh way to go here or could they drag it out as long as possible in hopes of getting the best deal possible for the team what, what what's your thought on that i i think it's clear that the only way he's going to get on the field is to have a deal done so in in that in that in that aspect of i think it's it's crucial to get it done but the thing that that Elway and his front office staff have to ask is is after Peyton Manning retires and I, we can say that Demarius Thomas had success with Tim Tebow I get it but they have to ask themselves is Demarius Thomas worthy of taking up that much that type of percentage from our cap that's the question that they have to ask and if they can get it to the point where it's friendly for Demarius Thomas, it gets him that guaranteed money, it gets him up to the, uh, the, the status of A.J. Green, Calvin Johnson, they, but at the same point, cap-friendly, I mean, that's, that's the huge, that's, that's the aspect of this that's important. Because it's not about Demarius Thomas. It's never been about Demarius Thomas. It's about the Broncos. And if they can get to the point where Demarius Thomas is happy, and the Broncos don't have to be hamstrung by a big cap hit, then yes, get it done. Because I I think Demarius Thomas is a top five receiver in the NFL. He might be even in the top three. How much of that is related to his quarterback? I don't know. Uh, He did have success with Tim Tebow. He did go 80 yards on somehow a completed pass from number 15, which is... Sure. mind-boggling at this sure. point but it's it, he's he's still one he's an elite receiver and if you can keep him and you can allow Rick Dennison and Brandon Perini and Gary Kubiak and those guys to work with him and have Rod Smith come in and at McCaffrey 
get in his head and be like, you know, that play that you had on fourth down against the Colts in the playoff game, that can't happen. You need to do whatever it takes. And if they can do that, I think he'll be even better. I think he has not hit his ceiling as to, as good as he can be because I don't think the offense has been good enough for him. I think he's now in an offense where he can even be better than he's been. So we'll see. I, I think a lot of it, like I said, it, it depends on if he can be happy and if the Broncos won't be hamstrung by a huge cap hit. Yeah, Peyton Manning is 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 back for one more year, maybe two. I think you're right. I think I'd like to, I'd like to see Demarius Thomas back with the Denver Broncos, with a, with a friend with a friendly contract. the The problem that you run into here is every every player in the NFL knows that they have a specific shelf life, and it only takes one play. It only takes. I mean, you you can look at the the rookies that have gone down uh, with with uh, Hewerman. For the Broncos, obviously, and and sort of the more famous one, the 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 Fowler kid who went down in Jacksonville, yeah. you can look at those and you can you can point to it and say, look, I've only got so much time on this field. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the most of it. Part of making the most of it is the dollar amount that goes with it. So you, I understand where Demarius Thomas is coming from, but he he has an opportunity here, and I don't know if he recognizes it. Denver fans love Demarius Thomas for the most part. And so it's a it's a it would be a big deal if he were to give even a slight hometown discount and become a pillar of the community, which he could do. Uh, Denver's a great place to live. I think you find that most players who have played any sport in Denver for any amount of time find it to be a place they wanna they wanna end up when their playing careers are over. Uh, you can look at you can look as far as just look at the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, I <laughs> do they all live in Denver? The guys who who won uh, Stanley Cup championships they they love Denver. Um, so well, look at Brian look at Brian Westbrook. Exactly, he, Brian Westbrook. Majority of his was career it? was in Philadelphia. Right. Did he play one he year, two years? Philadelphia. <laughs> he lives in Denver. That's right. Denver's a beautiful place to be, and everybody knows it. And it's because of the people. It's because, uh, yes, the mountains are pretty and the scenery's great and blah, blah, blah. It's the people of Colorado that make Colorado so wonderful. And the fact that they're so accepting and loving of their, of their, of their players. And John Lynch is a guy who, he came from Tampa Bay and had great success there. He showed up in Denver, and, and he's, a, he's a Denver guy. And he'll have nothing but love for Tampa Bay for the rest of his life. That's where he won a Super Bowl. That's where he had some of his more successful seasons. But he... He fell in love with Denver. He's a, it's it's just an amazing feeling. To it has to be an amazing feeling to to come to a place where the the community accepts you as an athlete in in such a way that you don't get in other communities. You don't you don't see guys who play ten years for Jacksonville end up living in Jacksonville by choice. But I don't know that anyone lives in Jacksonville by choice. <laughs> no. And I, I, you're right. The most recent example for Demarius Thomas was when he was going through those the, the case of the dropsies early last year. Broncos fans weren't going getting mean at him like some back east probably would and sending him death threats for dropping balls. What they did is they gave him vo- words of encouragement, saying that we're behind you. We they rallied around him. You'll, you'll get through it, right? Man. He needs to look no further than Chris Harris. 
Chris Harris could have gotten a huge guaranteed contract if he hit the open market, and he didn't. He, he realizes what what he has in Denver and what this team can do and what John Elway is building with this organization. And hopefully Demarius Thomas can see that. A former tight end who, fittingly, now has to live in Jacksonville. Huh, imagine I said Jacksonville. I wonder why I said that. He he, he could have had it, but he he made it about him. Like I I, I made a, I've made jokes about this. At, at, at this point, I'll, I'll never know what it's like to have that kind of guaranteed money between seven point five and seven point eight or nine. Million or twelve so, million or or you know oh whoop de do I'll have five Bentleys I can't get eight ooh it's just I I think it with stuff like this you see uh, a person's character because get all you can really get well get all you can but it's not all about the money is it and I I go back to Jerry Maguire and I I remember that scene with Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr., and it's like, it wasn't always about the money. Was it? Was it? Was it about the money? <laughs> such a, that's such a great question. Was it? Is that what we were doing here? It's a it's a it's an interesting storyline that's gonna play out over the next few weeks, I think. I'm I'm hopeful that Thomas realizes that he's got a chance to to be in a community that that will embrace him and be on a team that should win some Super Bowls. I'm sorry. They should already have one or two, and they—they, they, that's my opinion, obviously. But he yeah, could, they, he could be on a team that sends Peyton Manning a, out. Hopefully, we have a coach now who isn't caught off guard. Yeah, well, you don't want to get caught off guard. You never want to get caught off guard. You want to be ready for things. Yeah, well, Kubiak experienced the drive. He he can see what happens when you have a quarterback who can get his team into position to tie it or win it and not, oh, my God, we got caught off guard. Well, I know. Two we, timeouts on the 30-yard yeah, line. We had, we had time, we but did we really? I don't know. We weren't ready. This is a hard game to coach. I could see that they were just <laughs> – they were stunned. They were stunned. Everybody was. You're not You're not doing anything? You're taking a knee? Hey, uh, Manning, yeah. That's why they were stunned. It's because you took a knee. <laughs> you have two timeouts and you have a kicker who could he could make a an 80 yard field goal on a on a good day why not try you, you couldn't have hurt to try but instead they took you, a knee you they took, took a, a knee. knee you you threw on the towel yeah. can you imagine if john fox was muhammad ali's trainer <laughs> he wouldn't have beat george foreman because he wouldn't have known what to do or joe frazier yeah, man now nah, we the first round. There's 30 seconds left in the round. I wasn't. I didn't have any. I, I wasn't ready. I got caught off guard. He looked stunned. He he just didn't. I, I had to. I didn't, he was he was now he was going down the wrong path. Yeah, we didn't we didn't really know what was going on. We we all of a sudden were were well all of a sudden nothing, John. All of a sudden nothing. Just go go to Chicago. God, they could have fired him right then and there. It would have been just fine. They with should him. have. Yeah, I think they wanted to, but they knew that they didn't have anybody lined up. The devil you know, I suppose. He was still in Houston. Is that our weekly reference to John Fox? <laughs> it's horrible. It, it wasn't it wasn't it, it, it wasn't purposeful. It wasn't it was purposeful. Taking another shot. 
because it kind of caught me off guard, if I'm well, being honest. Hopefully, it caught everyone else off guard too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I hate to say it, but I think I am. I it, it may be that did you get caught off guard there? I did. I think we're gonna have to take a knee. All right. Well, we'll have to take a knee for this week, and uh, we'll we'll try and do better next week. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. We'll try and do better next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.